whatever it is that I've become, it's because of you. Thank you so much. You may be seated. No greater honor could be bestowed on me today, Mother's Day, than has just been bestowed on me by my precious son, Billy. Thank you, honey, for every word you said and for what you did. It was a lot of work. But I appreciate you. God gave you to me as one of the greatest gifts he's ever given. The Bible says that children are a heritage from the Lord and a gift from God. You are a gift to me. Thank you. The enemy tried to steal you and take you away, but I knew what to do. I called on the prayer warriors. I called my family. And I said, pray, because the doctor just told us that Billy is going to die tonight. Just before his second birthday. Fever of 107.8, taken by two thermometers. The head doctor was a pediatrician, the best in the city. But God said no. But God, do you need God today? Just remember what I just said. He never sleeps. He never slumbers. He's always out seeking, pursuing, coming after you. We sing that song, and he is coming after us. He's coming after us with a vengeance. He's coming after us with a purpose. He's coming after you today. He's coming after you today. He's coming after you because he wants you to be with him one day forever in heaven. I want to tell you again, Happy Mother's Day. Wow, what a great day. What a great day and what a great place to be in the house of God as a mother, a father, a child, whatever you are. (laughs) God created you. You are not your own. You have to know this. He created you perfectly in your mother's womb before you were even anything but matter. He personally, the Bible says, knit you together, formed your innermost parts. He did all of that. To make you, you. There's nobody like you. No two of us are the same. 
We are all unique and created uniquely so that we can be the family of God. Because let me tell you something. God, more than anything else, he wanted a family. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit came together and said, let us make man in our own image. He was lonely. The song is sung touches me every time I hear her. Christina so beautifully sings it. He didn't want to have him without us. He created you to be with him forever. But listen, there's something that we need to know, and there's something that we need to do. We need to do what God says. The rhetorical question One of the greatest battles that people have, you're battling it today. This is the battle. Does God really love me? Think about that. That's profound. Does God really love me? Well, I know he loves you. It's easy for me to know that. But does he really love me? Let me tell you something. God loves you so much that he sent his beloved only son So that we, in our sinfulness, could be made righteous. He took our sin and gave us his holy righteousness. What an exchange is that? Let's give him praise. Let's just give God a hand. How about that? How about that? How could this God accept me? How could he? He could not. He wanted to, but he could not accept my sins be forgiven. And my sins could not be forgiven any other way. Why do you think Jesus knelt in the garden? Think about it. In agony. He had only served three years in the ministry, 30 years obedient to his parents. Three years he had. And then in that garden, he had his disciples with him, and he took his, not that they weren't all loved and all special, (coughs) because they were. Every single one of them he handpicked. But for some reason, Peter, James, and John were the ones that he would call apart. On the Mount of Transfiguration, they were the chosen ones that were able to witness it. 
this night, all were there, but he said, Peter, James, and John, I want you to come with me a little farther into the garden. And he said, would you pray with me? I have to go further. But remain here and pray with me. He came back. It wasn't very long. Maybe an hour. And there they were, sound asleep. He woke them up. Could you not pray with me an hour? My soul is exceedingly heavy, he told them. Oh, Jesus, my soul is exceedingly heavy. He shared that with them. Would you pray with me? They said, yes, we will. Walked away again. But this time he was in such agony. He began to pray. Oh, Father, if it be possible, if there is any other way, please, Father, remove this cup from me. Now, some people have said, why would he say something like that? Was it because he was so afraid of the horrible pain and agony that he was getting ready to endure? He knew that. No, do you know why he said that and pled with his father? If it be possible, if it be possible, would you take this cup away from me, Father? Because for a moment in time, Jesus Christ, the sinless, only Son of God, the creator of all that is. I'm talking about I am. I'm talking about he was, he is, and he evermore shall be. That's who I'm talking about right now. That is the God that Jesus was asking his father and always he was obedient to his father. So we asked him. But the father could not grant that request because Jesus had to become sin. That gives me chill bumps. When I think about my sin, which are many, all washed away, one drop of the blood of Jesus, the efficacious blood of Jesus, no other blood like his blood. But he, for a moment, when he hung on that cross, he literally became the sin of Adam, first created human being, to whomever this last one's going to be, and we don't know who it's going to be, but I don't think it's going to be that much longer. The last person that will be born is going to have the grace of God before he raptures his church. And he's preparing for it. Don't you dare think he's not. He's very active. He's preparing a place for you. 
He's preparing a place for me. And he said, and if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again. And I will receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. He doesn't want one of us to miss this great event. He doesn't want us to miss it. But for that moment in time, he literally became sin. Became sin for the world. All sinners. He bore their sin. God the Father in all of heaven, I'm sure, had to turn away. And that's why he said, Father, Father, why hast thou forsaken me? Because God could not look on sin. But then everything changed. And I want you to picture this on this special Mother's Day today. Jesus, I'm going to tell you something, loves mothers. Yes, he does. Jesus honors and loves women. Yes, he does. On the cross, in the agony of the torn body, he was just moments from, from death. He looked who was standing there? His mother. His mother was there. The disciples had fled, except for John. John was there. No wonder they call him John the Beloved. Other women were there. But John was standing beside his mother, Mary. And Jesus and this hardly able to speak, hanging on that rugged cross, said, John, behold your mother. You are to be now her son. In those days, her husband already was gone. Joseph was not there. Women were considered almost nothing if you did not have a, a husband or a son as your overseer, your protector. That would have been a terrible plight for Mary. He didn't leave her that way. Behold your mother. Behold your son. Jesus loved mothers. Jesus loved women. The very first person that the resurrected Lord gave honor to. The very first person was Mary Magdalene. Mary Magdalene. By the way, my first name is Mary. <laughs> Just thought I'd tell you that. Special. My mother was Mary. So I named after my mother and my aunt, her sister. But I just want us to know today how special we are. Mothers, women, 
whether you're a mother or not. It's kind of our special day. You understand? Guys, I'm not ignoring you. You are loved. You're appreciated, and you're much needed. But it's our day today. The mommies. Thank you. Hallelujah. You know, there's nothing more wonderful than to feel loved. You know, I want to share one thing real brief. My friend that Bill has already mentioned, Mary Edwards, who is rejoicing in heaven today. I was thinking about all the people she's seeing up there. Billy Graham. One of the last times I saw her, we were talking about Billy Graham's great tribute when he went to heaven. How wonderful that was. She's there with him now. And I was, Bill and I were talking this morning before we came, and about how our hearts are so heavy for them because this is the first Mother's Day without that giant of the faith, Mary Edwards. But you know what? God is so concerned about us, everything about us. He prepares the homegoing of his children to perfection. We had so wanted to see her when we found out Dwight had not really told us how serious it was, except to say that she's, he just started texting uh, more frequently than he ever has done. Uh, Mary didn't have a good l- night last night. It's hard for her to breathe. She's having trouble sleeping. These types of things he was saying. Right before we went to Spain, we wanted to see her because Bill was getting these texts. Couldn't do it. As soon as we got back, we said, we've got to go see Mary. Something, she's, she's not well. And we need to go pray for her. When we went this week, I got to just sit close to her because we had to be close to her because you could hardly hear her speak if you weren't close to hear the words. But she understood every word we said. We had no idea that the next day at 7.30 in the morning, the angels were taking her to the Father in heaven. We were, we were all believing that God still could provide and give a miracle. But I got to tell her these words. Mary, I want to say thank you. I want to say thank you for being such a role model to me as a pastor's wife. She and I are about the same age. She may be a year younger than me. I'm not for sure, but right about the same age. And I said, Mary, you know, when we pastored together in Jacksonville years and years ago, I remember hearing someone say that your beautician told you that she had never met anyone like you. And when I was hearing that being repeated, I said, Mary, there's two of us. I've never seen anyone quite like you either. You are my, one of my main role models. Because what Billy said about her was so true. She loved Jesus. And it was evident. And anybody that was able and privileged enough to be in her presence, you would be blessed. She went to India alone. 
to preach the gospel. Not long ago, two, less than two years ago. What I want to say, though, let's make our life count. Women, this is for all of us, but women, make your life count for something. You are important and you are needed, and not one of you is insignificant. Not one. God chooses different people for different tasks. But we are all important. If you don't believe it, how important did he think it was of the one that came in when he was having dinner at the Pharisee's house, when he, she began to cry and weep and wash his feet with her hair, dry his feet, wash his feet. Let me tell you something, you are important. And Jesus honored her for that. Others were saying, does he not know who she is? She is a woman of ill repute. She shouldn't even be touching him or in this room. Little did they know she was preparing him for burial soon. Jesus knew. Ask the woman that was thrown at his feet, caught in the very act of adultery. What did Jesus do? Jesus said when they wanted to stone her. Where was the man, by the way? Don't know. But we know he said these words. Let him among you who has no sin, you cast the first stone. And the Bible says from the youngest to the oldest, they one by one begin to drop their stones because he was about to expose them. Yes, he was. He was riding in the sand, and they were looking over his shoulder and said, I think that that's time for me to leave. Let me go home. So be careful. Be careful and know that Jesus loves the sinner. He said, I came. The purpose that he came was to set the sinner free. He wants to set you free today. I'm trying to look at the time. What is it? Help me. What time? Ooh. What happened? Wait a minute. It got away from me. I, 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 I just feel like there's something I've got to share with you, please. Let me do it. Is it okay? All right. Thank you, thank you, precious ones. God brought you here. God brought you here because he loves you. God brought you here because he wants you to know it. And I want you to hear this specific, this specific testimony. Now, what you remember the whole time that I give this testimony, I want you to remember something. This is a true story. This true story is documented and historical. Important. It is a true story that is documented and is a historical document. 
All right. This is a story about a man named Peter Richley. Concentrate with me now. In 1820, there was a man by the name of Peter Richley who had perhaps the strangest survival story ever told in human record. That's a statement. Quite a statement. Peter Richley got on a ship in 1820 to sail from England to Australia. Along the journey, across the ocean, the ship encountered a problem, and it began to sink. It went all the way under the water, and everyone perished. But one man, by the name of Peter Richley, while he was floating in the water, another ship came by. And this ship noticed him, and he was rescued. The next day, they encountered a severe storm, and this ship also sank. But there happened to be a third ship, and Peter Richley was rescued by a third ship. Count with me here. But something happened along the journey, and the third ship sank too. All aboard perished. But one man, Peter Richley. Then there came a fourth ship. And it also found that one man in the water. This ship, on its way to Australia, also sank. Could this be true? Absolutely, 100%, positively, documented, authentic, true. Think with me here. Then a fifth ship comes along and rescues him out of the water. But the fifth ship sank as well. Oh, my. Now, I know you're getting skeptical. Forget it. Fifth ship. All perished. Then a sixth ship came along. Hear me? Six ships now. And this ship was called the City of Leeds. The city of L-E-E-D-S was the name of this vessel. The crew took him out of the water, gave him warm clothes, and fed him a meal. He told him his almost unbelievable story. And when they were a few days from the harbor in Sydney, Australia, which is where they were going, the captain came to him, to Peter Richley, and said, Sir, would you do a favor for us? And he said, Well, since you saved my life, I'll do anything you ask me to do, of course. And the captain of the ship said, 
When we started this trip many weeks ago, there was an old woman who won the hearts of our crew. She loved every one of us, and she knew every crew member by name. She had a ticket going to Australia, but she became ill about a week ago. And she is so feverish and so sick that she is dying. She is so frail and not eating anything. And we don't know if she will even be alive when we get to Australia in a few days. She has been delirious with a fever and talking out of her mind, praying this prayer. Oh, God, let me see my son one more time. Oh, God, I beg you, please let me see my son one more time. Just let me live to see my son, I beg you, one more time. The captain said, She goes in and out of kind of a coma state. But that's the prayer every time she revives that she prays this same prayer. Now, the crew loves her so much, and she knows all of them. But she doesn't know who you are because we picked you up in the ocean. Would you just pretend to be her son? So she can leave this world in peace? Peter richly said, of course I will. The captain took him to her bedside. He saw a silver-haired woman burning up with fever, and it was obvious that she was at the point of death. But she was still praying when he walked in the room. Oh, God. Let me see my son one more time. Suddenly, when Peter richly looked into the face of a woman, he began to weep because it was his mother. Sarah Richly, who had not seen him in ten years, had made a decision to go see her son one more time. Five ships sinking could not take him down. The storm could not destroy him because of the prayer of a praying mother. Does that matter? Let's give God praise. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Do not give up on God. Do not give up on God because He will never, ever give up on you. He is for you. He is not against you. And he can bring you out of anything and everything. And if you don't believe it, ask Daniel when you get to heaven. And if you don't 
three Hebrew children, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, they know what God can do. The fourth man's going to be in the fire. Whatever it takes for your situation, you are facing a situation. I know you are right now. I want everyone to stand with me. I want Rob and Sarah, if you would please come. God is for us. God wants you to know that nothing is impossible with him. Do you believe it? Now, what I want to do right now, I want every mother, every mother in this church to come forward for just a moment. Every mother, somehow, some way, make your way here. Come to the front and just go ahead with music. Keep, the music is going to have to be a, 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 just low enough. My mic just went out. Thank you. Uh, I, 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 I need to be heard. We're gonna we're gonna give precedence here to this meeting of the Holy Spirit. Mothers, mothers, you're important. Don't you give up on your sons, Daniel? Don't you worry about it. God's got them all taken care of. I'm not gonna give up on my children. They may think that they, they can walk on the wild side. They're going to be coming back right where they need to be. Back to God 100%. So I want you to know that you have a special blessing in store for you right now. One more thing, precious women, all women, all women, all women, sorry, gentlemen, the women come up, and these moms, y'all come closer, coming closer, and all the rest of the women, I want you up here too, all women, doesn't matter if you're a mother or not, you are special, you're a female, I would never want to be a man, by the way, just saying, no, there are people that don't know who they are, what they are, if they are. They just decide to make themselves whatever craziness they're going through. Uh-uh. No, thank you. I'm just what I'm supposed to be, and so are you. So are you. My precious angels, take it away. Oh, God. We love you so much. And Sarah, I believe, so you're going to sing this song for us. She'll sing it.